Hey, it's Ted. You're listening to the Art Therapy Podcast, and this is another Art Talk episode. Uh, for the show, we have Emmy Kidman, a sequential art student that I go to school with. Um, we recorded this talk about a year ago-ish, uh, so uh, that's where procrastination gets you. But um, I don't have a specific schedule for the Art Talks yet, but I will uh, try to work one out soon and get as many people as possible. So uh, enjoy. <laughs> Hello, uh, this is Ted once again, and I am here with a friend of mine from school. Her name is Emmy. Do you want to introduce yourself, Emmy? Hi, I'm Emmy, as is previously stated. Emmy Kidman. I'm an art student, a CEQA student at the Savannah College of Art and Design, and I like to draw. I like to draw a lot, as is should be obvious. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she does a lot of inking stuff, and it's got a very, like, graphic novel aesthetic to it. Uh, sequa means uh, sequential art, which is just kind of art in yeah. in motion, which could be, which is usually comics. It could be a lot of things, I guess. But um, Yeah, I probably should have specified that. I didn't, I'm just used to saying sequa now. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah. yeah. Um, cool. So basically, uh, I think the first question, which I normally ask uh, everybody, is where do you get uh, inspiration from as a... Uh, person who likes making this sort of sequential stuff and drawing and various things like that. Like, not just uh, where you get for references mm-hmm. for uh, projects and stuff, but, like, where, what specifically um, gets you motivated to create this kind of stuff? <laughs> that, that's a kind of a hard question because it's, it's like, I mean, if the idea is that, like, if I, if I could be inspired all the time, that would that would be great. But I think what... I usually am the most inspired when I'm in some place that's very out of my element or out of the like normal day-to-day routine that I do. Like if I can go outside and just walk around outside or be in nature, like that's usually enough to make me make make me want to make something or do something and give me ideas even if it has even if those ideas that motivation has nothing to do with where I am. Um but also I don't know it's a little bit weird but like when when I go on vacations, just being on road trips, like that kind of thing is usually what kind of gets me in the, in the mode to create. But like, other than that, I guess I get inspired by stories I hear, books I read more than just, more than just like stories I hear in the media. But when I hear a story that really like feels very human to me and I can relate to, like, that's the kind of thing that makes me want to tell my own stories and, kind of create in that way cool awesome yeah definitely with um drawing inspiration from what you enjoy uh what you enjoy like taking in normally like it's it's not always about like creating what you know it's Mm -hmm. it's creating about what you like and also what you said at the beginning about like getting out of the house is is very helpful for like creating things because if you're just kind of stuck in a in a box for for days on end, you're not you're you're just gonna look at a blank page for that whole time. But if you go outside and you see parts of the real world that you can that you can draw from, then you'll have a greater palette to work with when whenever you're working on stuff. So that's pretty awesome. Yeah, it's true. And and like you you think that you would get some idea of the outside world by looking at the internet, looking at Facebook, and seeing what other people are doing. But I don't know if that feels maybe it feels very disembodied to me, but. Mm-hmm it's not as real as really real as like when I'm there, when I'm 
like even it, it could just be in a coffee coffee shop with other people like just being around those kind of people or it could be most often it's like if I'm walking in my backyard or you know doing yard work or just or just like if I can go on I like going on hiking trips or mm-hmm. play just places in the US that are really beautiful and like that kind of place is I don't know really inspirational to me and makes me want to live life and make things mm-hmm. and draw specifically <laughs> definitely yeah, yeah. At, at some point in my life i want to take some sort of like huge like backpacking trip or something like that i feel like everyone <laughs> does that at one point in their lives where they like just like either go across the country or world or something and just kind of visit everything and see the big mm-hmm. world that we have around yeah um yeah I'd- I'd love to do something like I I've never been across the ocean. I guess I've been to like Mexico and stuff, but mm. that's one of my big goals is like it would be so cool to just live in different places for like a year or a few years and kind of you know, just for a few weeks at a time spend some time in different areas and like get to know the area but experience the area, but as soon as you're like as soon as I start to get, you know, grounded there, like move on to another place so I keep keep inspired and keep kind of changing it up. I feel like I could learn a lot that way. Hmm. Your world, and it'd be gets, fun. Yeah, definitely. Your world gets a lot bigger because, like, mm-hmm. when you see all this stuff for yourself, great. So, um, yeah. how? Yeah, yeah. Where you work is how you work is what I what um, someone said. I don't I don't remember who said it. I don't have any sources. <laughs> but um, <laughs> so where we met was at a school called Savannah College of Art and Design (SCAD) in Savannah, yep. Georgia, and it's. Well, it's an art school, so we're kind of around this cult of art and self-expression, sort of, kind of. Um, it's probably a cult. It's definitely a cult. Definitely a cult. <laughs> art cult. Um, art cult. So what do you think about, like, SCAD compared to, like, the rest of your... Have you, has your perspective on art or anything changed since you've since you've been to school? Uh, in this past year and a half. No, no, just not at all. I am, no. I am exactly the person I was. No, yeah, it has. Um, yeah, I was thinking about this the other day because, like, one of the things that people always asked me before I went to art school is like, well, you know, you're not, you're gonna be a, you may be a big fish in a little pond here, but you're gonna be a little fish in a really big pond there. Like, you're not gonna be the best of the best at art because I went to a very small private school that I was the art kid and I was decent you know but I think something a little weirdly weird has happened since I've come here and it's it's still in the process and I'm still learning how but I think instead of being intimidated by not being the best at being at at art I something about being in an environment full of really creative people and really talented people I feel like I realize well, for one, there is no best because art itself doesn't really like like if you could if you could imagine what the like that a single piece of artwork could be the most of anything, the most the greatest anything, like I feel like I immediately think, "Oh, it's got to be the most hyper realistic, but with the most amount of skill put into that hyper realism." But as soon as something's hyper realistic, you're not leaving out something that creates a meaning it creates meaning out of it you're just it's like a photograph like why don't you take a photograph and i don't think everyone Mm. quite agrees that photography is the highest form of art but 
so there's definitely something about like there's a little bit of self-expression there's a little bit of um you know taking impressions from the world and recreating that but there's also a little bit of you need to know what you need to leave out so that your real message is clear and because it takes all of that to really make what we call art there's nothing that can ever there's no way that anyone could ever be the best of the best at that or create mm-hmm. the highest form of that like it's it's cool to think about but i don't feel the need to be that anymore and that's not the that was never the point really mm-hmm. because I don't need to be the best at what I have to do. I just need to do it because I love it because I think because it's not about being the best. It's about loving why you loving that you're creating and keeping on to doing that because it's growing you and it's growing people that see it hopefully. Yeah, I think that's if if I had to give a really good like what that environment has done for me. I think the best thing it's done has been take off some of that pressure. I don't know. It get it. There's definitely more pressure in other ways. Yeah, true. Um, great. Yeah, the 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 idea that like um, you're at a place with a lot of people who have who do the exact same thing that that you do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's kind of hard seeing all. Sometimes it's hard seeing all these people who are way like higher up than you. But um, yeah, and and that's a very good point is that it's not about being the best at what you do because the moment you start getting fixated on that it it stops becoming about the art and starts becoming about you so Mm -hmm. um i think the biggest thing to take from that is just make sure when you're making things make sure it's you and not who you want to be maybe make Mm -hmm. just make sure you, you still put yourself in every thing that you that you express like every art is a self portrait and if you think or or if you try to be at the best of uh, like the the best of what you do then i don't know maybe it's not a very accurate depiction yeah, yeah. well for one you i think it's you have to kind of have a certain sense of like a sober minded view of yourself because we all know that we're not we're not exceptional the most exceptional human beings there ever could be <laughs> Like there are some exceptional people in the world, but I mean, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm, I'm... <laughs> I mean, yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm talking on a podcast. I really must have my act together. <laughs> yeah, you know, you have to know that I'm creating, and it's going to be wrong, and I'm going to keep learning, and I'm going to keep growing, but I'll never grow to be everything I could be. You know, that makes sense. You yeah. know, we're we're still broken, but we're still we're still okay somehow. And that's what makes it kind of cool to be human. Uh-huh. Yeah. Nobody's perfect. Nobody's perfect. Yeah. No one's perfect. <laughs> so do you think, we kind of touched on this, but it like, um, like, do you think you create things differently, like create projects differently when you're at SCAD versus when you're at your house back home? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you want to talk it's... about, sorry, do you want to talk about where you live real quick? Oh, yeah. I I live in Rochester, Minnesota, land of the free, home of tapioca and tater tot hot dish. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Normal, like as normal, I mean, normal for me has always been here. And yet I feel like you don't get much more normal than the Midwest because there's like everyone that went to my school was going to go be a doctor, an engineer or a nurse mostly nurses oh and and teachers there were a few teachers in there but just like um i think it's 
what's nice about SCAD is that because there are deadlines that they give you and because it's what you have to be doing to get, you know, to get a degree and so on, there's, like, that, that sort of mo- motivation really helps me kind of pursue to, like, make stuff and do stuff and, like, try and put my all into each project. But at the same time, it's it's the projects that, that the teachers choose, the professors choose, and it's usually pretty specific what they want from that, which is good because too big of parameters means I don't do anything and I spend too long trying to make it really good. Mm-hmm. But uh, when I'm at home, like, if I want to do my own thing at home, it I have a harder time finishing stuff. Definitely. Because I don't, you know, I have a hard time with deadlines. <laughs> I wasn't <laughs> I wasn't say definitely like oh it, it, you definitely no I'm talking about like in general, <laughs> but in general like like creating stuff at home versus creating stuff when you're in school to do it. Yeah, like um, the idea of creating at school means that there's a lot of deadlines and stuff like that, you know, and and there's a lot more at stake, I guess, because there's grades and stuff. When I'm working yeah. on independent projects. It's not as much of a like all the deadlines are self-imposed, so like mm-hmm. you're prone to procrastination and all that stuff, and and sort of like letting the project sort of sit on a shelf or a hard drive or anywhere, um, without oh, yeah, anyone definitely. without anyone like convincing you to do it. So yeah, I've got I've got one project I've been sitting on for a year and a half now that it's it's literally just like fourteen watercolor paintings that I've been wanting to do. And I've gotten three done. Yeah. So, I, I mean, like, as far as procrastinators go, there's none better than me, trust me. But mm. when I, but I also appreciate the freedom of being at home and, like, being able to do my own thing because I'm very ADHD, like, chasing butterflies and drawing whatever happens to come to my mind. If I'm going to draw frogs with wings, like, yeah, I'm going to draw frogs <laughs> with wings, but I'll probably forget to draw frogs with wings if I think about it for too long. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. So, so like, for f- like finishing big projects, school is great, but it's it's takes a lot of discipline to be able to do that on your own, just for your own sake, and like, that's why staying inspired and motivated is, is such a cool thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, difficult thing, but yeah, difficult and cool. Yeah, um, and it's kind of a double edged sword too, because at at SCAD, um. Like the the creativity is a bit more like you're a bit more pressured to do things, so it's a bit. What was I saying? You're, so the deadlines make encourage you to create more, I guess. But um, I don't know. The environment is a bit sometimes disheartening at times. I'm sure you'll agree. Like if you think mm-hmm. that all the people that are there, like there's two thousand people in our grade and and even more freshmen that came in. <laughs> like oh, yeah. if, if you think about all the people who just like cram in there, like at times. I don't know. It's a little. It's a little um, dehumanizing that, as opposed to being mm-hmm. like by yourself at at home or around like nature and all that, where like inspiration starts to come everywhere. There's kind of an interesting contrast between that. So. Yeah, it it is like Sked tries so hard to make an environment that c- promotes creativity and like outward thinking, but at the same time, I never. F- I think that it lacks in the sense of a sense of community that SCAD has, because I feel like the most sense the most community I feel when I'm with SCAD students is when we're arguing or um, 
compl- complaining about how stupid SCAD is or like how <laughs> exactly. much of a bureaucracy it is with like, you know, the meal plans or the the recycling system, the lack of a recycling system, you know, uh. that sort of thing. But that sort of, you don't get community from complaining. You get a shared sense of distraught, I guess. Mm-hmm. But it's, you do that kind of, when you don't feel like you're in a safe place with people that like care about you and that like naturally want to see you succeed, it can be really like, it makes you not want to show up and like not put your work out there and not be creative because everyone at SCAD, well, not everyone, but like the general feeling you sometimes get depending on the major is competitiveness and that Mm-hmm. some people you know like if i can put your work down then i can look good or you know something like that which is not always the case but it's also a possibility and no one wants to put themselves out there when they know there's a possibility of being you know disrespected or hurt or something like that mm-hmm. and that's not a good environment for creativity yeah it doesn't generate a good environment mm-hmm. yeah that the... Uh, cooperation versus competition is uh, it makes a huge difference because like there's a mm-hmm. lot of collaborative arts and there's a lot of competitive arts. Um, yeah, it's a good way of putting it. The so I think we talked about this before. SCAD is sort of a society of introverts, um, and you have another huge school like I don't know Harvard or something, a society of extroverts, um, and. There's this author called uh, Susan Cain who wrote uh, Quiet, The Powers of Introverts in a World That Can't Stop Talking. Um, <laughs> and she went she went to Harvard and, and, and looked at all these people who are our age, like college age. It's a business school, but it, I guess it's, it's got a bunch of stuff. But um, they're always in groups. They're always uh, talking, and it just boosts their social skills. And it, it's great for business, but that would definitely not work for SCAD. Um yeah, no. And it's it's a artists, art students. It's it's a very it's a um, very introverted society. So, um, what would you think that introversion versus extroversion has to do with creativity? Everything. everything? Um, <laughs> not everything, because like I don't want to say like that only introverts are artists, because like the, you know everyone can be creative, and that comes in all sizes, mm-hmm. but. Yes, I mean Susan Cain is great. I watched a TED talk that she did about the power of introverts, and ah. watched it several times because it was very good. I actually have um, it on my Google search right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely watch that. It's great. But one of the things she says in that is that creativity comes from the wilderness or from a place of quiet, from from basically being away from people hmm. is where you are the most where people are the most creative and thoughtful mm-hmm. and I, th- I think that's true and that's always been true in my experience as an introvert because when you're when you're with people you're immediately thinking about their thoughts and desires and their needs and trying to meet their needs in a social way trying to just trying to keep up with social banter and that sort of stuff that's enough to take up most all of my like functioning power so why would i in the middle of a group setting like that have the time or ability to think of something really revolutionary that doesn't <laughs> just cater to the needs of whoever else is there yeah it's, it's you know it's draining it's definitely it's draining. really draining mm-hmm. yeah i 
I can't go to the mall for more than like an hour. I like zone out and start staring at the same sparkly dress. <laughs> just like I, I don't want to buy it. It's just it's just don't make me buy it. And, like overstimulation. It's like an overstimulation thing for me. But um, I think introverts naturally have a tendency to be more thoughtful because they're not the first ones to speak or the first ones to mm. ask for that sort of like uh, feedback, that sort of like emotional feedback from people. Mm. So they're more typically the kind that think about their decisions before they act on it. And that sort of thoughtfulness typically leads to better decision making. But at the same time, like you need extroverts to be able to make some of those decisions because, mm-hmm. you know, there's, I mean, extroverted, introverted, assertive types versus less assertive, you know, you need both to be able to really create a good working environment and mm-hmm. other sorts of environments. But at the same time, like if you want creativity, you need to be able to find space. I think I have like, personally, I always have to find my own space to be creative and self-express and you can't always self-express when you're listening to everyone else. True. Definitely. Yeah, yeah, especially the idea with with introverts like listening more than talking is what one of their one of their advantages are mm-hmm. over extroverts. Extroverts are are very helpful towards creativity and all that because they have a lot they 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 have the same amount of ideas as introverts, but they vocalize <laughs> them a lot more. And when uh extroverts like give out a lot of ideas and introverts give out have a lot of ideas but they give out only a couple because they're afraid well they're not afraid but mm-hmm. like they're not used to speaking up so much if you average right. that out with with um more introverts then maybe it's possible that there are more fruitful ideas because there's a difference between having something to say and having to say something yeah it's yeah mm-hmm. yeah absolutely it, it feels unjust that someone that talks the most gets the most, mm. but that's kind of how it works sometimes, oftentimes. Yeah. Because people listen to who's speaking and not necessarily to who has the most virtue or thoughtfulness or et cetera, et cetera. Definitely. Yeah. It's we're, yeah. we're in a huge society of extroverts. It's becoming a bit more um, relaxed nowadays. Introverts are starting to, especially with, this technical revolution where you can <laughs> hide behind a, uh, a computer and, and and carefully type out what you want to say. Um, yeah. But 50 years ago, even 30 years ago, that the, there was a huge push to like try to get introverted people to talk more and to be more like and just to like extroverted. Yeah, be more extroverted and, and like yeah. not. They didn't focus on trying to say better things. They they focused on just talking more, which just yeah. I don't think that's the best way to deal with it. But um, no, people still think when when you think of a creative person to any random, if you ask someone, they might say words like energetic. They might say things like outgoing. They might say things like, um, you know, just like bursting with energy. There's a difference between. Right. Uh, creative energy and just you know social energy yeah mm-hmm. yeah there is definitely yeah we're, i think we're not hating on extroverts by the way so so enough you, you guys are yeah, fine no, you no. guys are great <laughs> you, we love you we just love you from a distance sometimes we love you guys mm-hmm. yeah um but i think 
I think it was in the Susan Cain talk. It might have been somewhere else that I heard. But, like, self-help books over the years have changed, like, before the 1900s or, like, early 1900s to, like, late 1800s. Like, the self-help books, like, the titles were things like how to be a better person, how to be more kind, how to be, you know, it was all virtue-based and value-based. But as, Mm -hmm. like, businesses became a thing, especially, like, with the internet and, like, big cities like moving to big cities where the loudest voice is the one that gets heard Mm self-help books became more like how to be assertive or how to get the job you want Mm -hmm. like all you have to do is look at the magazines that that are on shelves and stuff it's like top 10 tips to be more pretty more successful more etc etc i could you know it's always the tips the quick tips and sort of things which you don't get like heart change from tips like that mm. which is I don't know, I'm, I'm getting off track a bit but like yeah it's it's more about you get more value-based thoughts and decisions when you think about it more and when it's not just the first thing that comes to your head mm-hmm. generally yeah definitely i think yeah what was the i don't know i had a thought yeah, i'm thought. losing my thoughts <laughs> but like i think the best way to approach an extrovert or an introvert or any human being is <laughs> to listen to them and to treat them with respect. And when they do choose to talk, to value that mm-hmm. and to not not dismiss it for one thing or another. But to, like, on the other hand, if it becomes a, a shame thing where people are shaming people that aren't speaking, like, you should yeah. talk more. You have good, like, even if it comes across as, oh, you have such good ideas, why don't you speak more? Like, shame never makes people want to show show up or speak more. That's just kind of making them... It, it becomes an attack on their personhood, which isn't going to be... That's not... That doesn't make anyone want to speak out more or want to talk more. Mm-hmm. It just makes people isolate. Yeah. It, in the business world, it's it's looked down upon because they, they, call, they call mice, mouses, people that... Mm-hmm. Uh, people that listen in meetings and stuff and don't talk that much it's it's a it's seen as a very undesirable trait for for uh for an employer employee but it's which is a bit counterintuitive because you're listening the most so you're taking the most in out of what everyone's saying and you're and you're not formulating a response immediately while they're talking too right Mm -hmm. cool yeah there's a one quick thing. Um, mm-hmm. I really like to listen to Brene Brown's, uh, Brown's talks and her like audiobooks and things. But one of the things she was talking about is she does talks on like shame and vulnerability and creativity. Hmm. And like after she, she got really big with like a Ted talk and, and like, like, what is it? Fortune 500 companies were like calling her and saying, Hey, can you come talk to our employees? We have a creativity deficit and we want you to, <laughs> talk to them about this but then they would always like almost every time they would follow it up with just leave out the vulnerability and shame bit if you if you please thank you very much and so she would follow up with stuff like okay do you think um i'm i'm paraphrasing this isn't exactly it but you know she was saying basically like so do you think it's not vulnerable to share your ideas to someone to a group of people in a in a room in a business and not have them look down on you or something like that. Like that's exceedingly vulnerable. And if you don't, you know, you're having the creativity deficit basically because you're not 
you know, allowing people to be vulnerable like that and share their ideas or talk about that. You're not talking about the shame thing. And like, I think that, I think that was the, her way of putting it. That makes sense. But yeah. Yeah. The idea basically that, uh, for introverts, a lot of the time is that when they, when they put out all the stuff that they're thinking over their ideas and their art and all that, they, they are exposing themselves a fair amount that's mm-hmm. it's it gets those like that that cortisol rising and you get a bit you get a bit stressed um fight yeah. or flight response it's it's kind of the idea of public speaking extroverts usually deal with that all the time or they're or they're less uh uncomfortable with that sort of thing so i guess yeah. but and and vulnerable is an interesting word that she uses in that um mm-hmm. it's not but it, it seems to imply that there's weakness it's not really, it's not really weakness per se, but it's more like um, sort of a fear of uh, once you release all the stuff about your ideas and your things, you're afraid it's going to get rejected. I'm, I'm, I'm assuming is what she right. meant by vulnerability. Yeah, and like she does so much talks, so many talks about it, but, um, but yeah, like, does it, like we are, we're so afraid to be perceived as weak or as like uncreative or stupid and like it's exceedingly like vulnerable comes across it's really more about courage than than weakness when it comes across as i'm putting myself out there i'm speaking my ideas and showing some of myself and it may get you know it may get put down or ignored or disrespected and like how, how people react to that always you know defines how you know how often they're going to speak that mm-hmm. i guess because it's because letting yourself be known is such a difficult thing and especially with introverts who naturally like an introvert brain is like takes in more of their surroundings than the extrovert does usually so yeah. they get more like so if they're getting you know put down in some way they're getting way more of that like emotionally than the average extrovert is Mm. somehow and so it naturally discourages them to speak up you know Mm. and it's not about it's not weakness to speak up and yet it's kind of perceived that way somehow it's definitely bravery to speak up because um you're trying to do something that extroverts do basically all the time and Mm -hmm. and when you expose yourself like that when you bring out those ideas it's and you're fighting that fear it's not the the bravery of like public speaking isn't the absence of that fear of speaking. You still have it. It, mm-hmm. it you overcome that fear when when you're when you bring out those ideas and stuff. But, yeah, um, courage isn't about not being afraid. It's yep. about I think the introvert that speaks is far more courageous than the extrovert that speaks. Definitely. Sometimes the extrovert that is silent is, you know, also brave. It's just a, listening is sometimes a brave thing to do. It's a very dignified thing to do. Yeah. Extroverts. <laughs> um, yeah. Cool. Well, that was that was a very good question. Uh, that was a very good bunch of answers, I guess. Yeah. Good yeah. train of thought. Two answers. Um, last question. There's kind of a idea in our society that um, about art and that it doesn't really contribute to anything quantifiably or qual- mm-hmm. qual- yeah quantifiably. We were like as artists. Artists don't you know works. Uh, cure cancer, like solve world hunger, or do anything fiscally beneficial. So, 
some people argue that art is kind of a selfish pursuit because either you know what you're doing isn't going to benefit society somehow, so but you do it anyway, or you think that it will benefit society being the next Leonardo da Vinci or Steven Spielberg or anything like that. Um, obviously, this idea really isn't true because, like, obviously, it's, our art has a huge impact on our society. But how do you, how do you think it does? I guess that's sort of. like, yeah, the whole like. Sometimes I do feel selfish about, like, am I really, you know, I could be out there helping people in some way that was more quantifiable. Like, doesn't that seem like a better pursuit? But I think it. If, I, if I'm going to be honest, I like. It, I think it all comes down to the point of the human being and what makes us different than than just a cre- just a material thing. Why we're more than just material objects, and I think that. Well, for one, there's a. Ah, I'm thinking. See, I'm thinking of a quote by a person, and I don't remember the name. And I don't remember the quote. Oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. That's fine. <laughs> Dang, you should have looked that up. But it was basically create as much as you can because it grows your soul and I think and I I believe that's I think that's really true because I think that we were I think we were in a lot of ways meant to create and meant to like look at the world around us and make stuff Ace, if you're looking at Maslow's hierarchy yeah survival comes first and like staying alive that's important but humans unlike anything else like yeah we're all we're very much like animals in a lot of ways but where we're different is because we ask the whys and we ask the purpose and the meaning of things and you know we're daring enough to try and find some sort of meaning in drawings and films and stories that we tell like we're a storytelling race like how, mm-hmm. what else do you see out there that tells stories mm-hmm. the way that we do and tries to make meaning out of whatever nonsense that we see thrown at us. And I think that it makes the most sense to me that we were created in some way to create. I, I guess I'll just go ahead and say, like, I'm, I come from a Christian background, and in that mm-hmm. Christian background, you know, God's idea, the idea of God is that one part of him is as creator, and we were, he made us, also like him in that we can create things in small little ways not out of nothing but in in just the way that we just like how we do we can't help but create and it, i think it's also kind of evident that even though everything you know people say like everything under the sun is you know everything's already been made it's just like remixing from this point out mm-hmm. I mean, yes, that's true, but at the same point, we could be remixing for the rest of eternity, and we'd still be coming up with new stuff. Like, isn't mm. that something kind of, there's something kind of wonderful about that? And I don't think it's something to be taken taken for granted, no matter how stupid it might sound, like putting wings on frogs. Like, that's, <laughs> that's pretty stupid. <laughs> Versus, like, ending world hunger, you know. But, <laughs> if if you're keeping people alive, like, yes, that's, that is a good pursuit. And I think it takes some creativity to do that. But, you know, if you're keeping people alive, the next thing they have to ask is why are they alive? And I think 
that they that you can begin to people begin to really know that through art and through self-expression because we're trying to know ourselves and to know the universe around us through creating it and recreating it and recreating it and I think that's something that should never stop or never you know shouldn't be ignored and that everyone should be able to find some way in which they can do that find some sort of self-expression yeah great awesome that was that was great um yeah the we don't a lot of artists don't create things because they want to contribute i guess sometimes they just do it because like they they feel like they have to they have there's something that's in their head that they have to get out it's Um, yeah it's some sort of drive that we have mm. that we have to make something you know it's a yeah yeah it's it's like human nature to like want to like if, if there's something that you want to express to the world or to yourself that you you can't put through the communication that we've developed and and you're, you want to impact people in a meaningful way, then art is mm-hmm. the only way to do it, really, kind of, without, mm-hmm. without yeah. actually solving the, whatever problem. It's, <laughs> yeah, so, like, everything else kind of maybe solves the problems and art... Let's everyone gives know that exists. Those. Gives meaning to it, definitely, and it. I think so. Yeah, and it, it. Yeah. Presents it to people, I suppose. Yeah. And, and it, like art, I'm also tra- talking about like you know like abstract thought too, and like because mm-hmm. art art isn't just like the like painting like. Mm-hmm. It's. Well, it's a lot of I things. won't be pretentious enough to try and give it a name, so I'll let that one hang. But okay. like, yeah, it's yeah. Cool. Well, I think we touched on all the important topics, I think. Mm-hmm. So, um, I'd say so. Cool. Any closing thoughts or anything? I, I usually do that where do you get your inspiration question at the end of it, just sort of like to like inspire, inspire people and all that. But whatever. I guess we can just not do yeah, that. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> kind of cover that. Mm-hmm. Well, I think I did. I forgot to mention like the thing about, you know, animals and how they're how we're different and stuff like that. I'm pretty sure I got that from gk chesterton's orthodoxy i feel like i need to quote things or like give Mm -hmm. references when i'm having thoughts like that's not just me but (laughs) i like that thought so i said it Mm -hmm. yeah cool yeah good Mm -hmm. sources and all that i think that's about it we're about about 45 minutes cool Mm -hmm. that was that was a good discussion that was great um yeah thanks do you want to thanks for letting me ramble it was fun yeah no problem uh do you want to can anyone like see whatever your work is like do you have a place where your all your work is collected like a website or yeah mm-hmm. yeah well uh i have a few um i'm on instagram mm-hmm. tumblr and i have a behance right now that i'm working on that's got my like portfolio but yeah uh, my instagram and tumblr is both art of mek no caps art of mek cool yeah it's got I'm a bunch sure of got a bunch of like ink inkings and stuff like that it's awesome cool yeah fun stuff mm-hmm. fun cool things yeah okay well this is our second discussion you're not allowed to hear that because like, audience because i might switch them up and that would break the immersion fourth wall okay mm-hmm. all right well oh, no. thanks for coming on uh i hope you enjoyed listening go out and create something 